Hi, I'm Kat. And I'm Emma. If you love the Dead Prank podcast, you can help support its future using the ACAST supporter feature. Now, it's up to you how much you give and there is no regular commitment. So if you can and you want to, please do hit the link in the show description to support now. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi guys, I'm Kat and welcome to the first episode of season two of the Dead Prank Club podcast and I am very excited. We have a brand new sound and a brand new person joining us. Yep, I'm Emma and I am part of the Dead Parent Club. Uh, I'm going to be joining Kat on every single podcast. We're friends, aren't we Kat? We've known each other for a while. I mean, yeah, you'd hope so. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) at this point. (laughs) More than associates by now. Um, um, We did this a a year ago. I can't believe it's been like a year since I was on the podcast with you and we just want to jump on this journey together now yeah we've been talking about this for so long so i'm so excited to finally get to the point where we can record together so each week we'll be talking about what it's like to be members of the dead parent club we'll be chatting to some amazing guests about their grieving journeys and just trying to be helpful where we can and just carry on being that kind of friendly voice down your ear as you navigate this new normal exactly that we just want to be here for you we want to be here as a voice and an ear for you and obviously uh, me and Kat will do all we can to help you but we aren't qualified to help in every (laughs) aspect so we are going to be chatting to people who are far more qualified than us like counsellors solicitors um, medical professionals mindfulness coaches all about grief and looking after yourself as well because it's so important isn't it yeah absolutely so welcome everybody to the dead prank club podcast why did i want to clap then <laughs> Woo-hoo! Woo-hoo! i feel like we should start with um your story i mean yeah because obviously there'll be some old listeners there'll be some new listeners so i think it'll be the kind of great opportunity to tell you all about where this came from because i feel like people like look at the name or hear the name the dead parent club and straight away they're a bit like oh god like that's brutal but then after a second like when you're part of the club you're like oh well losing a parent is pretty brutal to be fair so yeah. I suppose it, it makes sense yeah it does exactly what it says on the tin <laughs> absolutely so. and I feel like if you're anywhere and you've seen dead parent club if you're in that club you're going to look at that and be like oh my god that's me like that's talking to me and and I don't think oh I, I know because losing my mum at 18 I don't remember seeing anything anywhere about anybody like me yeah no. anyone to help me anyone to talk to do you remember that oh my god no and I, my mum died five years ago and even then you know, there was nothing and it's amazing now the grief community online is huge and that's amazing. But yeah, even five years ago, there was just nothing there. And obviously there's some amazing charities and stuff, but I just really feel like there's that gap missing between children, between adulthood and just, you know, as young adults, you're kind of in this, you're like approaching this, all this responsibility and this whole new life. And suddenly losing a parent, your kind of rug of like support gets stripped from underneath you and you're like, oh my God. So 
that's basically what happened to me when my mum died. Um, and yeah, I mean, you know, I was I was doing just that. I was looking around. There was nobody to support me. Um, I was really looking the way that I had a friend and we talked really openly about our grief and we laughed about it and we cried about it. And that was basically how the podcast came about because I was just like, I wonder if people could hear these conversations and actually find you know, find them useful and like it can help them through their grieving journey. And honestly, little did I know that it would go on for this long and I would talk to so many people. And now, you know, it's, it's over two years down the line and I've talked to young adults from all over the world who have lost a parent. I never imagined that this would be my life. If you had told me when my mum had died that I would do this, I'd be like, are you crazy? That is not a thing. Um, but here we are. This is the Dead Parent Club. And, you know, this community is real. and. I just feel incredibly blessed that I've got to have conversations with people that have taught me so much about grief and my own grief and have helped me to grow. And I think as well, like you're right in what you say there, Kat, if we all cast our minds back to when you're a child, life lasts forever. Mm-hmm. Death is not a thing. It's something that you Who think dies? might happen. Yeah, it happens in movies, but your parents yeah. don't die. And I think we look back as children, we think, Uh, it's your greatest fear Mm. losing a parent than being snatched from you and I think the beauty of this community is that actually if you could tell you know six or seven year old you who was petrified of losing a parent that Mm. actually one day that is going to happen but you're going to have a whole group of people around you feeling exactly the same with their arms open waiting to talk to you and be there for you Mm. who will understand how you feel the reassurance of that is beyond measure isn't it yeah I mean when I think about um, you know, being younger, being scared to lose your parent. The first thing that comes to mind is, you know, when you're, and you're in the supermarket and you lose yes. your mum or your dad and you're walking around the aisles and you're like, oh my God, oh my God, they've gone. Like, this is it, I'm alone forever. Imagine that when you're an adult. That's yeah, what it feels like that is literally it. It's like rabbit in the headlights. Yeah. Like, oh, they've actually gone. This is real life yeah. Sainsbury's yeah. supermarket <laughs> shit happening right I'm now. I'm going round and round the aisles. Yeah. Like, what yeah. the hell am I doing with my life? <laughs> and do you know what? Like, I remember, because I lost my mum. Uh, my mum got poorly when I was 12. Um, she got cancer. And um, she had MS as well, multiple, mm. I can never say it, sclerosis. <laughs> there we go. Not great with the list for that. Um, she got that when um, I was 12. And... I just didn't think she was ever going to die. And mum's cancer went and you've obviously got your five year, you've got your remission. Mm -hmm. And I remember saying, oh, mum, you're five years. It's nearly up. And she had an appointment with the consultant. And lo and behold, the cancer was back. And mum suffered for almost a year and then died when I was 18. And I look back, I don't know about you, Kat, um, on that time in my life. And at the time when you're 18, you think you have got your it together oh my god you do you think you're a grown-up yeah then a parent dies and mm-hmm. you go oh this is what grown-ups have to I'm do six yeah yeah that is sh- you just want to shrink yeah. into yourself and have somebody there to fix it now i was so fortunate to have a wonderful nana who mm-hmm. cushioned that blow a lot for me who um i already had a great relationship with so in many ways her pain was probably greater than mine because the natural cycle of life didn't happen. She lost her only child and I was scooped up by another mother figure who'd always been there for me. Mm. Um, But I just remember, you know, I went off to uni very quickly after mum died and nobody that I knew that I Mm. met in day-to-day life had lost a parent. And 
I probably, I handled my grief really unhealthily because I didn't understand what it was. Well, nobody would have asked you about it either, right? You're in this new place. You're surrounded by new people who don't know your story. Who the hell is going to turn around and be like, how are you feeling about your mum dying right now? I remember <laughs> one night out, um, I didn't want to go on it. And it was like Chinese whispers around the first year oh. halls. And it got back to me. And the reason I know it got back to me was because my best friend at uni was born out of this conversation. Mm. So... I said, oh, I'm not, I don't feel like up for going on this night out. I'm having a bit of a low night. I'm just thinking about my mum and I'm a bit down. And um, it turns out that this girl had lost her dad uh, on uh, Christmas Eve. Uh, a few oh, wow. years, uh, Yeah, around the same time, a few years earlier. And um, she'd heard through Chinese whispers that, that was, that's why Emma's not coming out. It's because mm. she's feeling this. So the next day she texted me and said, do you want to go for some food? And she reached out to me and oh, that was a huge... I love that. Of, that was my first interaction with someone from the Dead Parent Club and that helped beyond measure. How because, powerful is that? Oh, I mean, and to think that this community that we that we are a part of right mm. now is like, it's like that on steroids, yeah. isn't it? It's yeah. like, how wonderful though that we have all suffered what is likely the greatest loss and yet we all have each other. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, just going back going back to your mum, I always think it's nice to kind of humanise the person mm. that you've lost, right? I think that's something that we all miss doing. So like, what was your mum's name? Oh. What was your favourite thing or your favourite memory that you remember as a child? My mum, Jane, she was an English teacher at my high school and she was, um, every child thinks it, but in my mind, my mum was best human being on earth I I'll fight you did it yeah <laughs> I didn't leave her side I wouldn't go anywhere without holding her hands um when I was 70 I'm joking no I managed to like go by that point um I growing up as most young girls probably do, mm. idolised my mum. She was everything I wanted to be. I used to rob her makeup. You know, when I was 12, she'd find me with lipstick all over my face because mm. I was decided I wanted to be like that. She'd go out and buy things and then she'd have to buy two because I wanted it as well. She'd have to <laughs> buy one for me so I didn't end up taking it off her anyway. I just wanted to be my mum. Mm. She was... Um, my mum... The the biggest compliment I can pay her is she always rooted for the underdog. Love that. She was a teacher, and I remember at school uh, you have the north the, the naughty kids, the kids Obviously. that they call the naughty kids, and she loved them. She loved the naughty children, and I remember a girl telling me a story about. Um, she'd been given detention, and she was stood outside, and my mum was walking down the corridor, and she said, "What are you what are you out here for? What have you done?" And she said, "I've been a bit naughty," and she said, "What do you love?" what is your passion? And she said, I love art, miss. I love, she said, feed that passion. Go and do that. Do, if you love art, go and, go and do art, do whatever is going to make you happy. Mm. And the, that girl told me that and that stuck with me because I mm. thought she didn't dismiss people as a, that's a naughty child or that. She looked into people and beyond that and saw the person they were. And her compassion and genuine, sincere care for people she didn't know was remarkable. Mm. Um, so yeah, that was that was Jane. And I mean, I can tell, you know, from knowing you that she's given that to you as well, which I think, isn't that like the most beautiful part of grief is when you can acknowledge things in yourself that you see your parent in? I think you're right in that. And I think it, it helps with a little bit of closure, doesn't it? You know, when people say, oh, that reminded me of your mum, or when mm. you go oh, I remember mum's behaving like that when you've just done something. It almost, it helps with the confusion of the loss because you go, oh, I'm their legacy. That's yeah. what they left behind. Tell us more about your mum. 
Oh God, Joanne Hooker. Um, well, it's hard to know, hard to know where to start. My my mum didn't have an easy upbringing. She was born hemiplegic. So when she was born, um, she wasn't breathing. They didn't check and she went quite a long time without getting oxygen to her brain. So she lived her whole life with disabilities. Um, she couldn't use the left-hand side of her body properly. And from that, that really impacted her abilities kind of do day-to-day things that everybody else gets to do like she really struggled getting a job and her self-confidence and I always think about when because she couldn't use her left hand properly when she had those kids she would literally don't call like you know childcare <laughs> <laughs> she would literally pick us up by the back of a baby grow like with one hand and swing us around <laughs> to her back like that God you are. <laughs> but like it just like it's only now that I'm older and this is what upsets me the most because it's only as you get older that you realize these things that I'm like God, she had so much perseverance. Like the fact that she brought up three children, mostly on her own because my dad worked full time and they moved away from her family and stuff. And she did all that by herself. And she was always, my family of like a running joke, my mum was always the first person in the water and the last person out at the beach. Like she had such a lust for life. Like she was always so excited about everything and I've got an image of her now whenever she was like really happy or really excited she would hop on one foot I don't understand why I think it's because she couldn't jump with both feet with her left leg so like her left leg would be a little bit higher and she would like be hopping on one foot and laughing and dead excited and like that's one of the moments now whenever me and my dad have like share a really happy moment or something I always say to dad oh my god mum would be doing that like one hop laugh right now she'd be hopping on one foot yeah yeah I love that and those are the kind of memories that I hold on to but my mum um you know, it makes me upset because she did have such a difficult life. And unfortunately, the end was was difficult. And she was diagnosed with cancer when I was 16. And then she had all the treatment. Um, she got the all clear, similar, obviously, to your story. And then it was my first year at university. It was in the January. And my dad, I went to university in Lancaster. My dad used to work quite often in Preston. And he would sometimes pick me up after work and take me back home. And this night was no different. He picked me up. We got back. We were on the driveway. And he was like, oh, I wasn't actually in work today. And I was like, oh, my God, you drove all the way from home to Lancaster to pick me up. I was like, why on earth have you done that? And then that was when he said, we've been to the hospital today for a checkup. Your mum's cancer is terminal and she's been given two years to live. And that's like that moment on my driveway is when I'm like, oh, my God. And I want to go back to that girl now and give her a hug because what an... What an atrocious, like horrible thing to hear at 18 years old, is it? Like your mum's going to die. Um, so yeah, but those kind of, you know, year and a half came and went. And it's weird when you get a terminal diagnosis because life carries on. Like I was at university, that carried on. I was out partying, I got a boyfriend, my priorities changed. And even though I, I was told that my mum was going to die, I didn't believe it. Like... I, I was like, she's not going to die. Why <laughs> would you? you? You don't want to believe. Yeah, you don't want to live every day, no. like waking up like, oh God, my mum's going to die. Do you, because um, obviously everything that you did was really natural and normal. Mm. Do you feel any guilt for that? Mm. Oh my God, mountains. <laughs> mountains of guilt. Um, grief guilt is real. Like, I felt we need a whole episode on that because that is such a real emotion that so many people struggle with. But like, you know, there are moments when I was at home lying down in bed on my phone and mum would come in and lie next to me and want to have a chat, you know, and I'd like what do you want and I look back and I'm like why why were you like this and my mum cycled from coast to coast so she cycled from Whitehaven from the 
West Coast to the East Coast. Um, this is when, she, about two and a half months before she died, she was pumped to heck with morphine. We found out after that she did it with a broken back, so she must have been in agony. Oh, um, Joanne. And honestly, she's an absolute... Hero. Yeah, and um, I had the opportunity to go and do that with her, but I went and saw my boyfriend instead. And I'm just like, God, like that sucks that I could have been such a huge part of her, you know, this momentous occasion in her life, but I, I wasn't. And it's those things where I always say it's other people and it doesn't help you, but I always say, you know, they wouldn't remember those things. Like they do remember the good things, but I'm like, yeah, but she's not here now to remember that <laughs> I am. <laughs> and but no, but that is grief, guilt in mm. itself. And it is a perfectly natural emotion to feel, but I think there comes a point where you have to forgive yourself because do you yeah. know what? Your mum and my mum were 18 year old girls once upon a time mm. out living their life. And actually, I think the person, you know, if it is a terminal illness, for example, which is b both of our experiences were, if they see you continuing your life as normal, mm. I think it almost probably gave them some comfort because they're looking at you living your life yeah. and they can kind of go, they're going to be all right without me. They wouldn't want you by, mm. I don't believe my mum wanted me by her bedside constantly. Mm. She used to go out, go out and see your friends. And I, like you, didn't believe my mum was going yeah. to die. It was only five days before she passed away yeah. that it hit me. Yeah. And I overheard a conversation and I was like, wow, my mum's mm. about to die. So mm. I phoned my friend and she said, and she said, talk to her. And I said, I can't, mm. I can't talk to her. I just couldn't get the words out. She said, write a letter. So I went straight upstairs and wrote this painstaking letter to Aww. my mum basically saying, I love you, you're the strongest woman I've ever known and yeah. read it to her, gave it to her and Aww. read it to her on her deathbed as she was dying. Yeah. But I think in the same way you have those feelings of remorse and regret of time you think you could have and should have spent. Mm. Do you know what? We could have spent 95% of our time with our parents and we would have gone, Still the 5%. The 5%. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It is a real, yeah. real thing. And I also think, oh, it's easy to say this, I know, but I don't believe that our mothers would want us to feel that guilt because what what are we living for then? Mm. If we're going to harbour that, it is a real emotion. And I think it takes a long time to find peace with that guilt. I definitely think it's a, t a time heals kind yeah. of situation, 100%. And I think as you grow up and as we get older now and, mm. you know, um, I know we've spoken about the fact that we would both like our own children one day. Mm. When you think about your child doing that in that situation, you go, yeah, I want you out living your life. Yeah. Go and enjoy yourself because I want you to be doing that when I'm gone, mm. you know? So I think it's natural to feel that way, but I think it's um, it's something that you have to remember they wouldn't want you to feel. Yeah, yeah. Well, going back to the, obviously both of us were given a terminal diagnosis. Did you ever have anybody say to you, oh, it must have been a little bit easier because you knew that, you know, that she was going to die? Um, not directly. Mm. Um, I've had people say to me when I've been upset, oh, but you've got your nana. Mm. Or, you know, and I'm like, oh, but I've not got my mum. <laughs> Doesn't help, hon. <laughs> exactly. And also I think a terminal diagnosis, it's one thing being told your parent's going to die, but it's another thing when your parent dies, mm. isn't it? Mm. Because... You're, it, it, I don't know because I've never experienced my a parent dying immediately and it being that kind of shock, but your legs still fall from beneath you yeah. and you still collapse on the ground and yeah. your world as you know it ends. It feels just as sudden. Yeah, yeah. The only way I can describe that moment is when your parent dies is the entire world is spinning faster than it ever has mm. and you're on your knees and mm. you've stopped everything. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. How was it for you? I on I 
vividly remember the moment that she died. And I I am a true believer that PTSD with grief is a real freaking thing. Like, and it's not spoken about enough. And again, that's a whole other, you know, episode and conversation because I know so many people that struggle with it, but that moment haunted me for years and in a way it still does, but for a long time, that was the only thing I could think about when I thought about my mom and it's taken a long time for me to get to the point where I can think about the happy things as well as that moment. But just, I honestly, as soon as it happened, I was just like, everything just collapsed around me and I was just like, oh my God. And I was like crying, crying, crying. And then just a massive blur between that moment and then we were all pouring Prosecco in the kitchen about 15 minutes later. And I'm just like, how do these two moments yes. <laughs> What's happened here? <laughs> but also it's what mum would have wanted. <laughs> Just <laughs> There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Can I ask you a question, Kat? Um, Because, uh, you know, I think with the illness that both our mums had, it's something people don't ask, but do you remember your mum now healthy or sick? Sick. All Mm. the time, sick. I think because she's been sick, she was ill for like quite a lot of my teenage life and different mental illnesses and what have you. When I think about my mum being healthy, I think about me as like a five-year-old. And like having like mum cuddles and that kind of thing. But yeah, whenever I think about my mum, I think about her being ill in some form or another. And especially because she had cancer after I was 16. And that's, you know, kind of the most recent part of my life. Definitely. Yeah, I think that is a really common thing, isn't it? That Mm. you remember them in the latter stages. Because that is, like you say, your most recent memory. Mm. So I remember mum with, you know her her wig yeah. for example that's how I remember my mum with her wig and I remember in her poorly bed in the dining room where yeah. you know she was going to spend the last sort of month or two months of her life you know that's another thing people don't talk about a lot is that that image is the lasting image you have then is of a yeah. poorly parent isn't it people always say to you oh, remember the good times. times remember the good times and you're just like well there's a whole you chunk of time yeah. <laughs> 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 remember the good times when you've just watched your parent die then come back to me okay <laughs> Yeah, thank you so much. Why didn't I think of that? Hang on, right. Let me just envisage a time when she wasn't (laughs) ill. (laughs) Bear with. (laughs) But it does mean that um, days like Mother's Day Mm. are in some way or another difficult. It's a a hurdle in itself. Um, Before we talk about it, how do you feel on the approach to it? I don't know about you, but I find the approach to Mother's Day 
a hell of a lot worse than the day itself. All these kind of like emotions get built up in me and like I'll find myself irritable and I don't know why, but I do know why. It's because Mother's Day is coming up. <laughs> yeah. But then like, you know, it's all the, it's obviously all the advertising. Like everybody always talks about how brutal the advertising is and some of the messaging, you know, I'm like, you need somebody on your team, guys, that's lost a parent because you are very tone deaf right now. Yeah. <laughs> like it's the same for Father's Day, you know, and Valentine's Day. But I feel like when it comes to the day itself, um, I got I got through the past like for the first couple of years by having like certain rituals that I would do so I'm very much a family person and I I crave being around my mum's family because that's what makes me feel closest to her um she was one of five but it's actually one of six which is a long story I've just found out that my mum had an adopted wow a sister that was adopted before everybody was born I, it's yeah very chaotic I've gained I've lost a mum I've gained an auntie in the oh, last uh, year that well that alone is a podcast yeah it's pretty chaotic yeah. <laughs> um so I've got loads of cousins I've got like nephews now and like Godsons, goddaughters, I love them so much. But being with them makes me feel like I'm close to my mum. So every Mother's Day, I would go to Wales and I'd spend the day with them. I'd stop off where we spread my mum's ashes in St. Asif, where she was brought up. I'd go there. I sing hymns to her because, like, oh. one of the memories I've got of my mum is in the morning, I'd wake up to her, like, hoovering or something and singing these, like, hymns really loud around the house. And I, at the time, I'd be like, shut up. And, like, <laughs> and now I go and, and sing like, please, I want to hear them again. <laughs> um, I, sit, I sit in, like, the graveyard and I hope nobody comes in because I'm so tone deaf um <laughs> and then yes yeah, so I go into my family and that is what I that's what would help me survive each mother's day and obviously because of covid that was stripped from me last year it's been stripped from me this year it was stripped from me at Christmas and I think it's a situation that so many people can resonate with at the moment as well as that the certain rituals that they would usually rely on because I feel like with grief it's rituals and routines that really help you through like you know what to expect on that day if you pre-plan it a year in advance <laughs> yeah um it kind of hits you a little bit differently I think because you feel very isolated and alone and you know a lot of the people around you are in um isolation or you know um social distancing with their families and with their parents and kind of seeing other people have that and you not at this time of year can be much more difficult than for the rest of the year yeah I imagine it's been difficult more so for a lot of people mm. with the COVID situation in the last year do you write a card do you take anything to the grave I've never done anything like that I just sometimes pick flowers but there's sheep in the graveyard so they eat them so then, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what's the point <laughs> feed the sheep <laughs> um so I don't really have anything in, in particular like that that just was the thing that I would do my focus has always been on okay so I've lost a mum. I don't have a mum to give it to, but my nana doesn't have a daughter to receive a card mm. from. And so me and my nana, uh, just paint a picture of the only girls left in our mm. family. We were until I lost my nana in June last year during COVID. So this is my first year without both of them. Mm. And it's my so it's my first year without any mother figure to yeah. give a card to him. Me, my mum and nana, cards are our number one thing above everything. It's like the written word. Yeah. Um, we all, uh, you know, my nana and my mum and I growing up, we all wrote poetry and just wrote and wrote. And it was like our thing. And we used yeah. to share them and read them to each other. And um, nana loves... A, a card with good words yeah. on the front. You always have to get a good word, a good word card. And um, Nana always has to be spelt with two N's on the front of it as well. <laughs> um, so ordinarily I would get mum a card, but 
that in itself is a whole hurdle because you oh go into God. a car shop and you're like, how do you say, excuse me, have you got any that are appropriate for dead mums here? Because all these say you make every day better. Thank you so much for all you do for me day in, day out. And actually she's not here. Um, so I've learned that I just need to quietly navigate my way around the aisles looking for the most appropriate one. Mm. Um, but what I do is, um, you know, like the laminate that a, a card comes in. Yeah. I... I put that sleeve back on so that the rain can't get to it, which means I never need to buy an envelope and everything. Anyway, I bought one the other day for mum and the woman was like, oh, you've not got an envelope with that. And without thinking, I went, it's all right, it's for a graveyard. It's for a gravestone. And obviously it says mum on it. And then we'd just been talking and then the cut, she was like, babe, Oh, and I was like absolute social grenade yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I didn't even mean to yeah. then you want to apologise but it's your like, life it's your reality yeah, like, and, but, but then you feel bad because mm-hmm. I'm like and I wanted to be like I'm really sorry if I've made you feel deeply uncomfortable mm-hmm. but then I was like I'm going to make you feel more uncomfortable for apologising mm-hmm. and I can't apologise for having a dead mum because I didn't do <laughs> I it I can't help it yeah, sorry <laughs> um, so this year um, I am a, a bit of a loss because mm-hmm. the energy you know normally I would just scoop Nana up and love her. Mm. And I would always write in the card a message from mum about, mm. you know, thank you so much. You know, you gave mum everything and I know she'll be looking down on you and so grateful for your love every day because I know that that brought her a lot of comfort. Yeah. And I would always put a card on mum's grave and me and Nana had our little thing then. It was us, it was me and her and we could go for some food. We'd yeah. go for food and celebrate. And so it's, it's the rituals every year that you rely on, right? That is exactly it. Yeah. It's like... And as well, it's almost like um, keeping keeping myself busy. Yeah. Like if we go for some food, if I eat, I, I, I'm doing something I like because I get to eat and we're celebrating mum. But I bet you talk about her as well. Like it's an opportunity to actually speak about her, which you don't usually get. That is exactly it. Because in day-to-day life, um, you know, it's not very often. I mean, to be fair, my grandparents are good at this. They bring her up mm. a lot. But a lot of people just go, oh, I'll avoid yeah. that because it might make them feel uncomfortable. Yeah. But on a day like that, there's no choice, but you're faced with it. Mm. So I think this year for Mother's Day, I can't go anywhere. I can't yeah. be with Nana and Mum. I'll take some comfort in the fact that I know my Nana always wished she'd gone before my mum. So yeah. that whatever there is in an afterlife, I don't know, but maybe they might be together and maybe they might be holding out f- for me going, we, you know, we love you. And, yeah. you know, whether they're together or not, they're both within me. And I, and I will just on Mother's Day have time to myself just to think about them. I'll think about them a yeah. lot. And I think that is it's so important not to run from those feelings, isn't it? Yeah, I could not agree more. That's something that I always say to people is like, try, if you know a difficult day is coming up, even when it's like your own birthday, like try and allocate a bit of time in your day to just sit and yeah. be quiet and think. And even if you like end up like writing like a letter to them or writing in a journal or something or going through old pictures on your phone, I think it's important to sit with those emotions at some point because the whole day can pass otherwise and you can just feel like crap. Yeah. And, and, and do you know what? If a thought scares you and, push it, and you push it to the back of your mind, mm. it's going to come back stronger. Mm. So exactly what you just said there, Kat, like let the thoughts be. Like don't don't put the pressure on yourself to think that you have to have a stiff, stiff upper lip. No. No, if you want to cry your eyes out all day, you do that. Yeah. Do whatever. Even if you feel emotionally and mentally exhausted by the end of the day, do it. Like just because you're getting it out then. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's energy that needs to come out anyway. And it's going to come out at some point. So if you've got a day where you can go, do you know what? I'm wallowing today. Yeah. Then go <laughs> for better it. better day is there than yeah. Mother's Day. <laughs> no, absolutely go for it. Yeah. And also like... um 
you said about talking to family members and or being near them. It might help to pick up the phone and mm. speak to a friend. Like, um, you know, my best friend, Hannah, I've known her for 28 years. So she was like my mum's other daughter. Yeah. And so, and I don't you know what all my friends, because she was a teacher at the school, they all knew her and were taught course, by her and they were always yeah. coming round anyway. So it's so nice just to hear those memories, mm. isn't it? You know, to chat about them. Oh, I remember in year nine when your mum did this or whatever. Mm. And it's like, it brings them alive again, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, absolutely. When when people talk about them. How do you feel about social media on these kind of days? Because I know that a lot of people go to social media to share memories, but I know a lot of people find it very, very triggering at the same time. I fully understand why people might want to avoid social media, mm. but I find it quite therapeutic. You've got to handle it in whatever way you choose. Mm. But actually, I take quite a bit of warmth scrolling through and seeing people with mums. Appreciating their mums. Yeah. Even I, just for a day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I go, oh, that would have been what we would have been like. Mm. Like, I see, you know, a photo and maybe they've tagged their mum and I'm like, oh, mum might have had Instagram <laughs> and I'd have had to set her up on it. And I can fully understand why people might not want social media or might not want to look yeah. because it can hurt because you're looking at what you don't have. Yeah. And it doesn't matter what that is in life. It's going to be a bit painful if it's something that means something to you. I think especially it depends on what stage you're at with your grief like you know if it was very recent I think you know if I'd lost I lost my mum in November I think that first Mother's Day I, I found very difficult um but then after that I did try and find some appreciation in, in other people's like kind words about their parent or I do try and avoid mainstream social media and since I started the podcast I will just stick on like the dead parent club Instagram so I won't go to my personal oh, yeah. one I'll just stay on the dead parent club one because people share lovely stories about the parents that aren't there anymore or there's like resources or people set up like events like the one that you and I did last year for the American Mother's Day. Um, you know, we did that live podcast and yeah. stuff. And I just think if you can have some sort of control over who you're following or what kind of hashtags you follow on that day or something, then that can be quite useful. Yeah, no, I agree. I think you're right. I think particularly what you said about depending on what stage you're at in grief, because mm. if it's really raw, it could just wallop you. Mm. If you start looking and seeing, you know, all these people together. Do you know what? If you think, oh, I'm going to be okay and you have a look and it hurts, put your phone down. Yeah. Put your phone down. Take a you bath. Do yeah. Do, yeah. Watch the footy. No, but seriously, what, yeah. do whatever is going to make you feel good. Mm. Do what you like. If you want to eat a massive bar of dairy milk. <laughs> Every night. <laughs> do it <laughs> yeah I was gonna say that's just a Tuesday for me yeah. <laughs> but just just do the things that make you feel good guilt free because you yeah. deserve it a bit of self-love because yeah. that's only the love that you'd be giving out to your mum so give it to yourself treat yourself to a bit of that love yeah and it can even, even be nice say because of um the current situation if you're spending Mother's Day on your own like you live on your own maybe literally like plan a day just for you like literally schedule a whole day out that's dedicated to you or dedicated to them yeah watching their favorite film eating their favorite takeout you know ringing a friend um try and kind of keep your day kind of structured but doing things that will kind of fill you with with joy I yeah. think kind of waking up and seeing where it takes you might be you know it might you might find that difficult but it actually having a plan you off a bit. yeah but actually having a plan of like really lovely things to look forward to could probably really be really beneficial yeah i think that's a good idea and you know if, if there's a, a landmark locally that reminds you of your mother maybe or that mother figure 
going and visiting that, you know, mm. with say with someone you live with or someone in your bubble, going and visiting that and talking to them or, or whatever's going to make you feel closest to them. Yeah, 100%. If say we've got some friends listening to this who haven't actually lost a parent themselves, um, but sometimes, you know, friends drop in for some kind of advice and tips on how to help a grieving friend. What would you say to them on what to say to their friend who's missing somebody today? I would say drop them a text first and foremost mm. that just says, how are you feeling? Yeah. Because I think that allows them to open up truly to how are you feeling? You're acknowledging. Not just hope you're okay. No. That's how? really hard to reply to. Yeah. Because then you feel obliged to go. Actually, no, I'm not. Yeah. 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 I'm a, I'm a weeping mess. Sorry, sorry to disappoint you. Yeah, yeah. I know you're hoping I'm okay, but fact is I'm not today. P.S. Have a great day with your mum. <laughs> Bitch. Yeah. Um, text them how are you feeling or mm. pick up the phone and say how are you feeling and then you know your friend if they say yeah I'm okay and you know they're not mm. you can tell and even if you think they sound like they are okay do you want to talk about your mum today yeah would you like to yeah. share some be memories? direct I think people are scared of being direct and that's yeah. something that I still notice now people are scared to bring her up scared to ask a question curiosity is good and yeah. like asking a question outright is great because do you know what people with dead parents want to do? Talk about their dead parents. Yes. <laughs> so please ask us because that's... You know, I see so many memes and stuff now, which I'm obsessed with. And it's like this like really crappy drawing of somebody at a party. There's some like stick men dancing in the corner. And there's like this person stood in the corner with like a beer. And it's like, is this a good time to bring up my dead dad? <laughs> <laughs> and it just kills me because I'm like, that is exactly what it's like. You're at a party, you're drunk and you're like, you know what I want to talk about? How shit the fact is that my mum's dead. <laughs> Ask me at any point, please. <laughs> Anybody. Because if you don't, I'll just tell you anyway. <laughs> but it is, it's just ask. And I think mm. once you've experienced that loss, you understand the value of being really direct with people mm. and going, are you all right? Because I know so-and-so has died. Are you okay? And just asking the question outright. The way I see it is a lot of older people lose their filter, right? Yeah. And ask you anything. Be yeah. that older yeah. person. Be my granddad. Yes. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Big Keith. Yes, Big Keith. Do you have any other advice? What would you say? I feel like, you know, I hate sounding like a broken record, but it is just about listening to yourself and figuring out what's right for you. And also just to remember that it is just a day like how Christmas is just a day sometimes lead up to it can be really hard um but once it's over you're like that's another milestone off the list for this year you know I can stop plastering myself up get ready for the next yeah yeah <laughs> um, and like try and I don't know this this is just me but I try and I'm really awful for this. I try and make people feel as uncomfortable as possible <laughs> around this day. So, you know, like um, my friends might be saying in the group chat, like, oh, what's everybody doing on Mother's Day? And I'd be like, oh, crying. Yeah. <laughs> what about you? <laughs> like, my mum's dead. <laughs> or um, in normal times, like I've been out shopping before in the past, getting my friend a birthday present. And the person behind the counter is like, oh, what a lovely gift for, for your mum. Is this, is this for Mother's Day? And I reply, no, she's dead. And it's just that. like social great. But, but I'm like, you know, these people learn, you know, yeah. but maybe ask, oh, who's this for? And then mm. if they say it's for their mum, then lead into, you know, Mother's Day chat. But I'm just like, you know. But also we forgive them for yeah, assuming obviously, that. Yeah. Like, I don't hold that against anyone for assuming that. You should that. all know that my yeah. mum's dead. Yeah, yeah. 
Shoot me with care. Did you not look at the billboard I put outside? <laughs> because do you know what? People do just assume yeah. you're young. You're going to have both parents. So yeah. we forgive you for that. It's not, it, it is okay. Like, and we're going to make them feel really uncomfortable anyway mm. when we say, then. <laughs> sorry to break it to you. So, you know, and, and they will take away from that whatever they take away from that. Cat, tell them how they can get in touch with us. <laughs> okay, so you can email us at hello at deadparentclub.co.uk. We're on Instagram at Dead Parent Club Podcast and Facebook and Twitter. And yeah, we'll reply to you. We can give you, I don't know, tell you what we're doing that day if we're up to anything fun. Yeah, we're here. We are here for yeah. you. Um, and that is ultimately what this podcast is is about. It's about you. You know, we're both traveling. We're, our grief journey will continue mm. until we're no longer here. Mm-hmm. So I'll be grieving until my deathbed. Yeah, yeah. 100%. And should we make it sure that everybody knows about it? <laughs> oh, yeah. You can absolutely count on that. I basically want to have my Instagram bio, by the way, my mum's dead. Yeah. Put that on your TV. <laughs> Please ask me about Greatest it. Greatest achievement. I actually I put, a- I put host of the Dead Prankle podcast on my CV recently when I got a job last year and I was very disappointed in my interview when it wasn't brought up and I couldn't be like, yes, my mum died. <laughs> I'm surprised that you didn't go... <clears throat> See the top line here? That's the bit I want to talk about. If we could just reference that, please. Obviously, naturally, I brought it up as soon as I could when I started the job. (laughs) I love it. And now they all know. They're all listening. All the time. (laughs) Five star reviews, please, guys. Yes, absolutely. Please rate, please review, and please tune in next week. Yeah, please do. Is it weird to say I've really enjoyed this? No, I've absolutely loved it. I've loved it. Let's do it again. (laughs) Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having us. Yeah, we will be back with the Dead Parent Club next week, so jump on board. Have a lovely week, guys, and talk to you very soon. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.